Hello everybody! Okay, it's dark in here today. That's because normally I have this big window and daylight savings time happened and it's dark here at 4.30. Alright, so here's the deal. Right now, we are seeing, I've been in practice for um, over 13 years and or around there, 14, I don't remember, somewhere in there. And I've been doing this work on leading with the brain, working with individuals with behavioral learning, socialization uh, challenges. And I have to tell you, I've never in my time seen more complex cases, more families looking for other solutions, more people looking for support, more people, more families saying, hey, I didn't even know my typically developing child is now having anxiety, is now having challenges at school, and we're saying they're inattentive, or they're, they never have had challenges before, and now they are. There's tons of information out there about the challenges and the massive challenges in the neurodevelopmental world before COVID, and now, Post-COVID, in COVID, in that world, we're seeing so many more kids and adults struggling. We're seeing evidence um, of that in, in uh, across different disciplines in research. We understand that as chiropractors, this is our game. This is what we do. We help people adapt to stress. And this is the time. If you wanna help more people, if you wanna have a bigger practice, if you wanna make a bigger impact, if you wanna leave the musculoskeletal realm because you know that that's just not the only thing that chiropractic has to offer is helping with back pain and mobility issues, which I'm not dogging that, that's great. And pain is a bad thing um, that people really suffer with and need help with. But if you are saying, I want more, you need to learn to lead with the brain. You can't be saying, hey, I know we changed the brain, but, and we don't try to cover deficits or chase deficits or symptoms. However, you don't have any real understanding of what that looks like on your exam, you don't have the practical procedural exams and re-exams to really say, but how does it change the brain? Can I measure that? Can I monitor that? Can I see that? How do I tie in, one of our Focus Elite doctors says, the hip bone to the universe when saying like, hey, I'm seeing this on my exam. I see thermal scan changes. I see pattern. How does that relate to the specific reading challenge that this kid is having or this anxiety challenge that just started? or this developmental challenge or whatever, right? It's mental health challenge. We have to be able to tie this in together and we do that by simply learning about the brain and, and about how we impact the brain, having procedures that monitor and measure that. And so we can have confidence and in clinical understanding and then we are not just um, one of the team members for these kids and families and one of the solutions, we become one of the foundational solutions. So here's one thing I wanted to talk about you know, I teach a lot about different things to include on your exam. We're teaching a CE course on that this week um, virtually. If you aren't in on that, jump in on that, find a link somewhere and join us. We teach uh, in depth on this in our certification series, which we are coming up on. Um, so if you're interested in that, jump in. But one of the things we do is we teach about brain development, the hierarchies of brain development, and then specifically what things to include in your exam and your assessment and your understanding not so you can take a whole bunch of extra time, not how you so you can change your whole practice. It really allows you to stay more in the chiropractic lane, to find the simplicity on the far side of complexity, um, not by leaving chiropractic. In fact, I, you know, 
I think it makes us be even more principled in our chiropractic application because we're seeing the real changes that are happening as a result of correcting subluxation and altered neurological function. And so one of those things, as many of you know, I teach and we do here is we look at eye movements. We look at eye movements. We teach you to simply quickly not become an optometrist or a neurooptometrist, but simply look at fixation and convergence and divergence and tracking just to have a quick scan, just to take a look. And here is something very interesting just like when you're looking at fine motor skills, just like when you're looking at gross motor skills, just like when you're looking at primitive reflexes, just like if you're doing a posture or a range of motion check. Listen, if you're looking for range of motion in somebody's neck and they do, if you say, hey, turn your head to the right and they turn their head to the right like this, that is very different than turn your head to the right like this. So you see what I'm demonstrating there is turning my head to the right, it's not just about can I turn my head to the right, it's about how I turn my head to the right. What do I do to accomplish this task? Same thing goes for primitive reflexes, gross motor, fine motor, auditory verbal, um, eye movements, all of these things. You can't just test it and say normal, abnormal. First of all, you need to know why you'd want to put that in your exam. And trust me, you want to put it in your exam. And trust me, it's going to make you fall in love with chiropractic even more um, and help you not just live in the pain model, but be really great, a really great brain-based chiropractor um, and monitor and measure and communicate all of that. Um, but here's the thing, when we're looking at eye movements, if I say just, we just had this um, yesterday, we did a new exam and this little little guy, um, five and a half, and we had him doing fixation. Can he look at this little target? It was a little sticker. Can he look here? Can he keep his eyes fixated here? He could, he fatigued pretty quickly. After about 10 seconds, he fatigued pretty quickly but you had to know what we were looking for. He should be able to hold his eyes in this posture and fixate for longer than 10 seconds, um, but he, at his age. So he was here and what he started to do was he started to turn his head like this. So to the naked untrained eye, you might say, well, he's still doing it, but he's just slightly turning his head, which means he was starting to go into monocular vision. He was starting to decrease the complexity of convergence on this eye, make it easier to maintain the target on this eye as opposed to this eye. And so he was bringing this eye closer to the target to maintain this single vision and not go into double vision. So you can imagine that this kid in his life, which we require the ability to be able to process our world appropriately, just move about our world, don't even worry, I mean talking about reading or educational demand, but just be able to point our eyes accurately at targets around us to get appropriate visual input. But now we have a child who's having to turn their head to maintain a single image. And after about 15 seconds, he started to sway and, and, and move and he started to have this complete fatigue and breakdown. And he was starting to have this like movement of his body and he was stimulating his vestibular system. So he could do this task. 
if I was doing a quick assessment and said, can he fixate on a target, normal, abnormal, we would say, yep, but it's not about can he do it, it's about how does he do it. So you see, if we were just looking at can he do it, we would say yes. And then we might say, why does this child have double vision? Why does this child have depth perception issues? Why does this child have reading issues, dyslexia? Why does this child have these issues? Maybe um, vertigo. Why does this child have these challenges? Nope, I looked at the eyes, everything's fine. Um, we have to be able to put all of this together. We go, ah, he can do it, but he, he makes maladaptations and he fatigues quickly. So this child is not processing his world well, not efficiently, and he fatigues quickly. It makes sense that this child is struggling socially, is struggling behaviorally, is struggling in several different realms academically. It makes sense. So we take a step back, we do our subluxation assessment, we do our functional brain-based assessment, we say, yeah, mom, we're not treating his reading challenge, but what we're doing is saying, does it make sense based on what we're seeing? We see altered neurological function, which is not optimal for, for typical healthy trajectory of brain development and function. We see that we have some challenges in primitive reflex, gross motor, his eye movements. And so what we're going to do is we're going to start chiropractic. We're going to start correcting the input processing output, the autonomic imbalance that certainly impacts the brain. And we're going to do re-exams that measure. We're going to start our course of correction at three months. We're going to do a full re-exam and we're going to see, are we seeing changes in neurological function, input processing output, and are we seeing changes on functional brain-based assessment, which is when we do our scans again, do our subluxation assessment again, and do our primitive reflex, gross motor, fine motor, eye movements, visual cognitive assessment again, which by the way, all of that is going to take you less than 30 minutes for a re-exam, probably closer to 15, when you know how to do it. And you're going to look at all of these pieces so you can understand. So then what might happen is you get to that re-exam and you say, I'm starting to see changes on these scans, which is wonderful. I'm seeing changes in subluxation assessment. Mom says, yeah, but he's still having trouble reading. And you say, well, that makes sense based on what I'm finding. Um, and I'm seeing that he's still having some trouble um, holding this target or tracking this target. But mom, what I'm seeing is that he's not turning his head now. He's just maintaining fixation and he's able to do it for 20 seconds, but he's not turning his head. He's not starting to sway quickly and fatiguing quickly, which means we're on the right track. Let's keep doing what we're doing chiropractically. Let's measure again in three more months to assess, or whatever your re-exam is, to assess subluxation, stress response, input processing output, and also functional brain-based changes. Let's say we get down the road and we're at six months and we say, we're doing these again. Mom says, yeah, we're seeing some changes here, but we're not totally there yet. We do our assessment. We see improvement with subluxation. We see that we're seeing improvement, but we're still having some challenges. Maybe this is where we introduce our doctors have the at-home brain blossom program. In addition to the chiropractic, we say, hey, this would be a great time to add in some of these exercises at home. Um, or it would be a great time to introduce nutrition um, to reduce stress because I'm still seeing that we're not completely clearing and we're, we're more prone to that fight or flight.
Or this would be a great time to make our, our really great relationship that we have now with the local neurooptometrist and bring them on board collaboratively because we know we have to maintain proper input processing output in order to have changes and expect efficient changes in our functional development. This is where we would then work collaboratively. This is where it becomes not about, I don't know why he's still having trouble reading. Am I making a change? The scans are changing, the posture's changing, but the symptom's not changing. This information allows us, looking through a brain-based lens, allows us to stay in the chiropractic lane, but also know more be able to communicate more efficiently, have confidence and say, yeah, we are making change, but know when it might be time and if we might need to add another support in outside of our office collaboratively or in your office if you do some of these things in your office, but you have chiropractic as the foundation. So you don't just start treating symptoms and going, well, I don't know why he's still having this challenge. Let's throw out the chiropractic and try this primitive reflex exercise, or let's, I'm losing faith in the chiropractic because I don't know what to look for to see if we're making changes besides I'm seeing the scans change and I'm going to try this supplement or I'm going to refer you out. We have to be able to have a really solid brain-based understanding, and that starts with learning more about development, not doing more, not making your office super complex or this whole neurosensory gym. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying no more. You don't always have to do more, but when you know more and you can have systems that are simple and easy and you find the simplicity on the far side of complexity, you can start answering the really tough questions, the big challenges with the people that are out there seeking, like Amy Yardley says here, families are seeking practitioners who get it and can help. And especially going into this time in history, if you are not providing a service that really can help and explain to people and have follow through, and helping them solve their biggest challenges with some of the financial things that I think we all know are coming down the pipe, you know, um, you're probably not going to be at the top of the list. So we know that we can help, um, but it can't be vague. We have to understand. We have to know that's our job. That's, that's a fun part of our job as providers. We get to be investigators. We get to watch the changes. We just have to know what to watch. We just have to know how to measure and how to communicate. Okay, everybody. Um, I'm, it's like I said, it's dark here. I'm ready to go home and go to bed too. Um, hopefully you guys are all great out there. Like I said, some of you are joining us for our exam, CE exam, um, coming up. Our first one's on Saturday. You guys asked for it. We're doing it. And um, we have our certification series coming up. Join us for that. We're about 60% full. We're about to kick off some opening up registration again for that. There's online learning modules. And then um, there are February 4th and 5th. Um, third is a VIP day for Focus Elite Doctors. But fourth and fifth at the Coeur d'Alene Resort in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, um, is the training to get certified and get this work implemented simply in your practices now to help your communities. If you want to join us, um, we're going to be putting a promo code out and I'm telling you, it's probably going to be really short, short promo code, not going to be there long. So be watching for that. All right. Be well, do good work.